You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 246th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. And this is Spencer in Boston. Now, Spencer, we yeah. are we're in the midst of Sea Otter and the, the, the cycling world has descended on Monterey, California. So we're on the ground reporting. So we thought it would be a great time to uh, do a mailbag because we have a slew of listener emails mm-hmm. that kind of sometimes just fall through the cracks. Yeah. And there's some real gems in here. Oh, yeah. The uh, the slow ride podcast at gmail.com inbox has been exploding over the last few weeks, and we have been a little bit behind the eight ball uh, catching up on these. So it's a good time to do it. Yeah, it's a good time. But then also, who knew that uh, pizza would oh. really get the uh, the emails flowing? So there are it, there are some strong pizza opinions. There are some. Strong pizza opinions, but then also um, some gems that were dropped by uh, guest host Abby, who came yes. through and just just dropped. She kind of dropped a bomb at the end of the episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. We, the post credits. We put um, that nugget in there uh, like a like your favorite '90s CD. After the yeah. you know a couple minutes of silence, there was a secret yeah. track there at the end. Uh, that uh, caught some people off guard. So uh, Scott Emmons, uh, first one to hit us up, said, hey, say thanks for the week for this week's episode. Excellent pizza ratings podcast. You three had me laughing my ass off out loud at the gym, causing looks from the other people that were working out. The episode was too funny. Also, more Abby, a fan for life after this episode. <laughs> I, w- I will say, Scott, totally agree. Yeah. But um, I, uh, I'm all in on... Uh, working out at the gym and listening to music and also kind of laughing. I used to, when I used to work in an office, Mm -hmm. I would listen to podcasts and then I would start laughing and people would look at me. Yes. And I think my favorite time this ever happened to me was when I used to be a teacher here in Florida. And I know you've Spencer, you've seen the tweets that I used to send out of when the kids were taking their standardized tests every May. Oh yeah. Which also was during the Juro. (laughs) <laughs> and so the kids, the kids had to be quiet for like this whole week yep. of um, standardized testing here. And they had to like be real quiet. Like there's all these rules. Yeah. And of course I was breaking one of the main rules because I was watching the Juro the whole time they were taking the test. Right. And the year Nairo won, I'm, I'm pretty sure Nairo was winning or maybe he got second later. I, I got to remember. I got to look back. But. I remember being very, very excited on Trying. The st- in the stages. Right. They were looking at me. They knew I was watching something and then they didn't know what. <laughs> and I was very, very excited during the mountain stages. Right. Trying to contain that and uh, maintain your, your professional, uh, you know, face. Uh, well, well, Nairo is, is drilling it up the mountains. Yeah. Uh, and what's amazing is I did not win teacher of the year that year or oh. any year. Uh, 
Well, all right, we got a we got a killer email here. This well, is this is. The- I I just want to follow up quick on Scott's email and say, uh, there's definitely gonna be more Abby going forward. Uh, you guys can look forward to that. So, quick nugget yeah. there. No, very excited about that. And then Jeff Anderson hits okay. us up, and th- this is a lengthy one, but man, right. was it angry? I'm ready. Holy holy shit! I'm halfway through the podcast and I can't take it. You guys have no understanding of food ingredients and flavors. Oof. Please, I extend the following offer. Come to my house. I will make you a pizza using the <laughs> toppings that you have disparaged and show you how each of those items can taste really good. Examples. Mushrooms. No. Hopefully you're not talking about canned shrooms because roasted mushrooms on a pizza are delicious. And top that with some goat cheese and you've got yourself a fantastic pie. <laughs> Buffalo chicken. 100% wrong. Buffalo only belongs on chif- chicken wings, and hopefully you don't choke on the bones, but definitely not on pale, dry chicken breast. Waxy banana peppers suck. Nothing is really that color. They taste just like vinegar. And now that you're talking about tomato sauce not contributing to the pizza, you're eating the wrong kind of pizza with the wrong kind of tomato sauce. <laughs> Haven't you ever heard of marinara pizza? It's a I, classic. I feel like I feel like Jeff is listening to the episode and like making these notes as, yes. <laughs> as the episode goes along. Arugula. This is amazing. Arugula, you all just surprised me. Maybe I do need to give a little more credit, but probably not. Abby is saving you guys because at least she has some good taste in food, i.e. prosciutto. Last, the demo is more important part of the pizza, of the whole pizza. Everything else is just the way to showcase the bread. <laughs> so in closing, the table is set for you to come by anytime you want, and I'd be happy to make you a pizza. Keep up the content as long as it stays with bicycles and stay away from food. <laughs> Love your podcast. All right. Well, now we are recording this before Paris-Roubaix. Yeah. But Flanders did just happen. And one of the kits, the big look kit, I thought looked really awesome when um, Cecile uh, Ludwig Utrip was in the uh, yep was in the break yep a little pesto color. I thought we looked pretty good there because you and I both kind of nailed that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. She gave uh, she gave a little pesto to her uh, post race interview too. If uh, if you have, if you haven't seen part. that, yeah. Um. um very good, uh, Jeff. We might take you up on this, so I hope you're not, uh, you know, just telling us stories here in, in the email, thinking, uh, thinking you can be a keyboard warrior, warrior behind your, uh, behind your screen. Because if we show up at your door, I'm expecting some good za. Jeff also did email us about uh, the USA Cycling upgrades solution that you and I came up with. Yeah, yeah, and it was pretty funny because he's like, the USA Cycling. You know, your position of the USA Cycling Upgrade and its system for getting, uh, you know, getting one through. It seems like there may be a more effective approach than your crowdsourcing ideas referenced by Joe Dombrowski in Mitch Docker's uh, Life in the Peloton. Mm -hmm. And as Joe, he says, as Joe stated, and he's paraphrasing, I bugged the right people. It's all it took to jump to the front of the line and get a Cat 1 Pro license, which Uh, I think is totally true. Totally true. If you know the right people... Then you get it done. But the question is, what if that right person is uh, is not into it? It's true. Right. So, I mean, I got my cat, too, on the road. And I certainly maybe earned it. I was I was pretty, you know, I was a good cat three. I didn't necessarily have the points, but I did know the right person. Got my cat, too. 
not going to let it go. Not doing the work anymore. Definitely not raising uh, like I used to. But um, yeah, absolutely. Like I did not have the problems that uh, some parts of the country experience. Uh, New York area, New England area. uh, I'm sure some other hotbeds of cycling around the country. Uh, Look at the rules much more black and white. And big swaths of the country. Look at that rule book. (laughs) Much more gray, you know? So yeah. yeah, it really depends on where you are, and that's, uh, you know. It, it's it's such a broken system, though. It It, it is. It it's is. The fact that you need to know the right people, which is, he makes a good point. That's how we both upgrade, right? Yeah. Because we knew, like, the emails to send and who to hang out with and say, like, hey, yeah. you know, hey, guy, too, and it but, totally worked. But I mean, basically, the, the moral of the story is be friends with the officials at your races in your local area, because if they know you, uh, they respond to your email. They'll look at it with a closer eye, you know, and be like, ah, you know what? Okay. So I think Jeff's on point, but I, I appreciate the email. No, know who to talk to, but let's yep. fix the bigger question. Yep. Sam Allison writes, regarding your admon. Yeah. Get it. Uh, yeah. Get well, it one you know more. Me. One it's more. Stroke. Yeah. Re- regarding your admonations, uh, whatever. Re- <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to edit this post. Uh-huh. Um, Okay, so regarding your, um, you know, waving your at your fellow your cyclists. Call. Your call to wave. Yeah, your, your call to wave. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with the sediment, but I find it impractical to implement. Riding as I do in the Chitlam Hills north of London, the roads and lanes are veritably awash with cyclists. To wave yep. at all of them would result in an overdeveloped right arm, much like a young Bjorn Borg, <laughs> and be potentially dangerous due to having so few hands on the bars so often. So one is left with a conundrum, who to wave at and how much to wave. How do you approach this thorniest issue and where do you draw the line on who to wave to and who to ride past with stony face indifference like Mitch (laughs) Stalker? (laughs) Sam from Studhim UK. P.S. I would definitely always wave to Abby. So Sam, thanks for the email. Yep. Spencer. Yes. How do you make the choice of who to wave to? and to avoid the stony face indifference like Mitch Docker. <laughs> yeah, so this is a question that we get often on this show, and I and, yeah. I, I think we've addressed it sort of half-heartedly in the past. Um, I think my general rule of thumb is, you know, obviously if you're on the bike path or something like bike-specific... Well, Derek like, Lewis, friend of the podcast would send us videos of him riding along the west side bike path in Manhattan. Right. And he's like, I can't wait. Literally, There's a hun- hundred thousand cyclists there. Like, obviously, you are not expected to do that. Um, I think when you're commuting through the city, there's no real reason to wave at every cyclist unless you're on a particularly crappy road uh, that you know somebody's going through the same thing you're going through and you're just kind of a, uh, you know, a little salute uh, to them is is nice, but... Yeah, you don't want we're, to be the creepy one that's waving at you know everyone commuting to work. Right, hey. right. I'm, I'm, I think in my, uh, uh, my view, we're talking about when you're out on the road, when you're when you're on a ride, and you're you're not on the main commuter line for cyclists. When you're out and about, and and there's another spandex wearing, uh, you know, guy who's just trying to get it done, you know, or or a group that's passing on the other side of the road. You should always wave at those people because they, they, you know, 
that's how we build up our our tribe and our community. And, uh, you know, even if you don't know them, like, you're just, you know, putting that goodwill out into the world. Okay, a couple things here. I agree. I would say that an acknowledgement as much as you can. Now, the Chitlin Hills, north of London, I've heard Uh about this place. It's like where everyone in London goes and rides. So it might not be a bike path density of but riders. But it's, it's the main loop the, you're saying. The, yeah, there's a lot of people riding. So then so then you're then you're getting the nod or the two finger uh raise off the bars yes. just just the acknowledgement. I think like I think the acknowledgement is key, but then also yeah. you can you can do it by group. So and what I mm-hmm. mean by that is normally you'll see some kind of like down here there's the loop here in Orlando around the airport and there's a lot of people riding that. You know, if there's a bunch of groups along the road that are kind of together, then you yep. just kind of acknowledge, you know, the front or the middle person. You just say like, hey, I see you over there. I yep. don't have the the um, the stony faced indifference that Abby <laughs> talked about that, that Mitch had on a ride. Uh-huh. So the I would say like you kind of do the the head nod tilt or just something that yeah, you're not in now. If you're in yeah. the zone doing your interval because you're trying out to be the next, uh, um, you know, be on Condor Team Condor again. You know, mm-hmm. there is times when you're doing an interval that maybe you just do a, you know, the two finger sure. two finger salute kind of yeah. like, uh, you know, but you just if, do if what you, you can. Yeah, if you're in a contract year, you know, we understand. Like, but <laughs> that's that sort of acknowledgement is important, and that's that's. Uh, the easiest way to say that is to wave at all cy- a cyclist, but you know you don't have to go full hands off the bars every single time. Like we yeah, we, we get it, but it's yeah. it's the principle of the thing. Now I do want to say when I was a bike messenger mm-hmm. and I I rode around with a lot of stony face indifference in many. Oh yeah, days, right? oh yeah. Because I thought I was the hot sauce. That was back when I I had that nice Fossa Bordalo hat, totally uh-huh. just flipped build. And if you didn't know who Fossa Bordalo was, I definitely wasn't acknowledging you. And, <laughs> and if I was if I was locking my bike up uh-huh. and I saw you locking your bike up on the rack, first off, I thought you were a dork because you were riding and locking your bike up to the rack. And I I leaned my bike up against the building and just locked the front wheel to the frame. I was a horrible human being. As you know, Spencer, when 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 we first met, me, you and little guy, I yeah. was definitely I mean, that's when the super rookie got his nickname. I thought I was the hot sauce. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of people started waving at me that worked at one on one bike studio and the different like bike people that rode mountain bikes. And I realized yeah. that it was a bigger thing than just trying to be like Puck from the real world. And <laughs> season one. Wow. What a throwback. Yeah, I um. That was very important to me it's, and to yeah. learn that. And that's why I started just realizing that it is bigger than just who you are. So you may not be able to wave at every cyclist, but that's the mantra of our of the, the tribe of cycling, right? We need to grow this. We need to be welcoming because there's nothing worse than being that that person that doesn't acknowledge every time. Right. Right. And that's the key here. We yeah. make the jokes. I still don't wave at every cyclist that I see because there's times when I need to put both my hands on the bars and it's a very right. pothole ridden street. There are times when, you know, I'm trying to hold on for dear life at the back of the pack on the big group ride in town and there's riders, cyclists coming the other way. Right. And but, I, I can't do it. So, 
So in that situation, what you want to do is you want to foster this environment where somebody in your group ride definitely acknowledged exactly. that rider so that you don't necessarily have to, you know? That's the, that, exactly. So yeah. we all have reasons why we didn't yeah. uh, wave. I still it, like, I it, hate to admit it, but I can't wave every time I see a cyclist, but I right. try to do it like 90% of the time. And always, I hope someone I'm riding with is going to be the one that kind of waves exactly and so yeah we're trying to foster that culture and it sounds like sam you know is is on board and uh you know is trying his best and and honestly that's all we can ask for sam like you're doing great so we we appreciate it and uh so that's that's our email from our one uk listener we yeah um, we are gonna have to work on mitch though (laughs) well to be fair maybe something was going on maybe um you know, I, I'm not concerned. I think Mitch is going to be waving at every single cyclist now, for a long time. You know, we, we didn't inquire too much with Abby. Like we, I think we were a little shocked. You know, it's possible that Mitch had just hopped a curb, ridden through a, a tree bed, hopped another curb and was riding through the sandy gutter with one hand on the bar calling for the team car. Um, and that's why he didn't wave. It you very know? well could be. Uh, <laughs> man, what a throwback. What a, oh man, we talked all about that. Uh, last week with the little uh, I'm sure we did. Uh, um, all right. Investment advice required. Should I buy this $14,000 Sagan bike? <laughs> Email from Dash Dash Slowred. I was in my local shop this weekend looking for some trendy gravel tires when uh-huh. I couldn't help but notice a $14,200 Canadian specialized or so it's Canadian. So $14,000 Canadian. So what's that? $10,000 US. Um, Specialized tarmac SL six S works disc Sagan edition bicycle. They had on display. Yeah. First I felt embarrassment at how the industry must be laughing at me, the consumer for offering this as a fair deal. But then I wondered if it could be me that gets last laugh question. (laughs) Do you think I should pursue this $14,000 cycling purchase as a sound financial investment? At this price, I'm sure there aren't many sold. Sagan is sure to rack up at least a few more world championships, solidifying his legacy. And e-bikes are sure to take over the cycling world in the next few years, <laughs> making elite pedal bikes a potentially valuable rarity. Mm-hmm. I used to have the same thoughts when I saw a $2,000 Klein Androids for sale back in the 90s. And I don't want to miss out a second time. I'm sure those sell for tens of thousands of dollars now. I'm rolling my coins as you read this, but wait for your guidance to be sure. Five stars, of course. Now, Dan, thank you so much for this email. This is uh, fantastic. Dan from Vancouver, North Vancouver, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. There's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack. So first we have the $14,000 um, specialized yeah. are, tarmac. Are, are you familiar design. with this bike? I am not, so I'm going to Google it right now. Okay. You're about it. So tell That's me. That's L6 Peter Sagan. Oh, I'm not familiar with it either. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I might, that it. is a little bit out of my price bracket uh, generally. So um, not something I, I particularly, uh, uh, you know. I guess so, the, the, the first question he asks is should I per- pursue this $14,000 cycling purchase? Okay. So as let's a get sound the common language here. On financial specialized website, it is eleven thousand seven hundred fifty U.S. or fourteen thousand Canadian. Okay. Okay. So this is the Peter Sagan Collection Limited Edition Tarmac. So basically, what Specialized is going here is 
you can buy a piece of history, a limited edition. Right. Peter Sutton. So Amazing. Spencer, I am, I have a moot. So I'm in the titanium uh, age group here. This is carbon. <laughs> so this yes. is our, this is also, I feel like I'm, we're speaking French to one another here. That's a lot of money for a bike. However, I do think he makes a good point that it is a Sagan limited edition. Now, looking at the bike, I'm a little disappointed it's not wild and crazy. Like, I right. just, it, it's the kind of the refined Peter Sagan. Yeah. It's the, a- the 2019 Peter Sagan is clean shaven, though. So, you know, it's a, it's a, they, they claim it's a dark teal fade to charcoal is the color mm. of the triangle. It is not as good as what we have seen in the past of like the old Kleins coming back. Cause I feel the reason the Kleins work as referenced is because of the paint job. Everyone wants the paint job. And they, at the time, everyone thought it was the coolest looking bikes. So that's why they wanted it, but they didn't buy it. And now they're getting older. They have mortgages and they're like, you know what? I can, I can spend some money. Now, I don't think a $2,000 Klein has retained its value. I, don't, I still think they're below the, we haven't checked the Klein pricing, but I still think they were down a little bit on that. Well, yeah, but um, I, if you if you troll around the eBay for the Kleins, they've they've maintained their value shockingly, shockingly well. And <laughs> will this specialized retain any value close to twelve thousand dollars? That's the question here. Now you know, uh, uh, much like your 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 local car dealership, the minute you roll that bike out the door, it's instantly worth sixty percent of what what you've paid for it. So, no, the answer is no. Um, Peter Sagan is is a superstar and a, a you know bona fide star of the future. He's potentially will be revered like the next Eddie Merckx, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be a classic crimp tube, uh, Colnago master I don't uh, think it can be. level uh, sought after type of bike. Um, so I went on the specialized dealer locator mm-hmm. and I have tried almost every size within 200 miles of Orlando and everyone's <laughs> out of stock. So all the shops are out of stock, which then tells me maybe we like the ship has already sailed. Maybe. Um, you know, Dan, we got to your email a little bit too late and yeah, you know, we, we got to look for the next big thing, but I mean, we, we know our sound financial advice here. I just think, uh, that's a lot of money for carbon now, right? Here's the thing. It's Canadian. Can he buy this in Vancouver, drive across the border and resell it and make some money? <laughs> Yeah, like like play the exchange rate because here's the thing: if you that's, multiply that's, out the exchange rate at fourteen thousand dollars, there's a lot of wiggle room there. Right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Now, if it he, on the right day, if he puts this thing on uh, on Seattle Craigslist, um, you know Bellingham Craigslist with the right wording on the ad, rare Peter Sagan yeah. edition, never ridden, never crashed, low miles, um, you know, great for a collegiate racer. Um, Re- refined Peter Sagan, like a refined, like a fine wine. Right. That's what this is. Right. And he needs some sort of pun in there. Uh, you know, something about, uh, hit the tarmac at full gas this spring, you know, um, strong disc brakes, great stopping power, 
things like that. Um, just fill up the ad with all that kind of uh, jargon. I, I think you could move this for 14, 15 K. Yeah. I just in America too. And that's, Oh man, this is a great email. I still, he'd, he'd, I, he'd, he'd be a Vancouver millionaire. But Spencer, here's the thing. 14,000, like okay, $11,000 <laughs> for a carbon bike. Yeah. Like I know it's got disc brakes and it's like the nicest, fanciest things, but I mean, just, and th- this is not, um, going off on specialized as a whole because there's lots of companies that have these bikes for this much money. But the carbon to me is like, I mean, everyone talks about a lifetime bike. Yeah. I don't think those exist. We, right. Like every carbon, well, I like to think they are. And this, if I spent this much money on my bike, I would have to make it my lifetime bike because I would not be alive if I bought one. I, th- I know. I think that's a, uh, a titanium biased opinion coming out right there. I think I think your true colors are shining through. Um, your 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 carbon bias is not welcome around here, sir. And uh, you know, I'll just put out there that the time uh, VXR that I ride. Uh, you know, upgraded with modern components. The frame is from 2006, and it is carbon, and it is fine. But it's so, not disc brakes. It's not disc brakes, which is going to, uh, you know, probably be a, a problem on the resale market I mean, in a the few thing years. Here, is that the, now, he does bring up also, and we'll end with this, the e-bike solution, yes. right? Yeah. Can you make this an e-bike compatible bike? And, oh, you know, no, like no add that's... A motor the, to it? That is not what he's saying at all. Absolutely not what he's saying. He's well, saying e-bikes are going to take over the world and people are going to forget about these these crazy contraptions that you had to pedal with your actual legs. And then therefore it should be in MoMA where it's going to become worth so much more money. Exactly. Like this yeah. is going to be the, uh, the 1968 Chevy SS of of the bicycle world when, when everyone has moved on and all their cars have, you know, auto park and, and their Tesla drives itself and stays in the lane. You know, we've forgotten the pure essence and the beauty of, of ripping, uh, on, on a $14,000 carbon bicycle down, down a hill there over some cobbles. Yeah. All right. This is Abby Mickey from Rally UHC Professional Cycling Team, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Welcome to the Prem Lap. I'm just going to cut in here and do a few quick ads for you on this mailbag episode. Um, first off, you know them, you love them. Let's talk about Grumper Brothers Coffee because they are a huge supporter of the Wide Angle Podium Network and a huge supporter of cycling in general. Uh, if you want to directly support uh, the shows on Wide Angle Podium, the easiest way you can do that is by heading over to grimperbrothers.com and picking up some full Schleck coffee beans or some Cycle Cross Friends espresso beans. Uh, you can do that at grimperbrothers.com. You can do that at wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. Uh, and yeah, it's it like I said, it's the best way to directly support what we're doing here because a uh, big portion of the cost of those beans comes straight to the wide angle podium, and we put that to work for you uh, producing this content. Uh, Full Schleck blend is a light roast. It is delicious. It's kind of got some flowery notes to it. It's a it's a very refreshing, good early morning coffee. And 
Cycle Cross Friends Espresso, much darker roast. Uh, don't need an espresso machine to make this stuff. You can put it in your regular old uh, coffee maker, and it is a darker roast. It is full-bodied. It is it is one of my favorites. Uh, I, that's the one I've been working on lately, and uh, very, very tasty. Pick me up. Uh, if you are a coffee fan, you're going to love it. If you're not a coffee fan, uh, this might make you one. All right. Uh, moving on from them, we got to talk about Health IQ. Uh, Health IQ is a long time uh, and a major sponsor of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Uh, we love having them part of the uh, preem lap here on the slow ride. Um, this podcast is definitely, definitely uh, supported by Health IQ. They're a life insurance company uh, that celebrates the health conscious. Um, so if you are out there putting in the work, putting on the miles, uh, you can save money via healthiq.com slash WAP. So what they do is they know that you're less of a liability, less of a risk for them, uh, because you are riding your bike, you're staying healthy, you're taking care of yourself. And if you can, uh, show them that you can whittle away at the cost of your life insurance. Uh, it's pretty straightforward, pretty easy, but uh, you can learn more, get a free quote, and check out their FAQ page, all that kind of stuff. Get any questions you have answered at healthiq.com slash WAP. Um, it's, it's super easy. Uh, you can take a, a quiz, a cycling-based quiz, uh, try and score elite on that, and you're saving money right there. You can show them your you're riding 50 miles a week, um, and you're saving more money right there. They they have a lot of stuff going for you. I am not going to go through every single thing because there's really a lot uh, of ways for you to save with Health IQ. So my advice is to head to healthiq.com slash WAP um, and just learn learn a little bit more about what they got going on over there. It's a, it's a big help for us uh, if you do so. Um, cause we, we really rely on their support. It's been awesome. Um, the other support we rely on are, are from our WAP members. Um, Wide Angle Podium is a network of shows. We are all kind of supporting each other and we are all supported by you, the listener. So, uh, if you are a donor to WAP, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you are not, that's okay. Uh, we understand that everybody can be, but um wide angle podium you know we we've brought together kind of what we see are as the best uh independent cycling podcasts out there um so if you enjoy this show i guarantee you're going to enjoy something else on the network if you haven't checked it out already uh gravel lot they are the newest uh addition to the network if you have not checked out this show you should do so great interview style show uh with different uh folks from different aspects of cycling uh every week uh, really really interesting stuff all the time consummate athlete kind of more from the coaching um learning uh aspect of things um always getting getting some great training insights over on that show bike shop cx learn how to do your repairs learn the ins and outs of what's going on mechanically on your bike um such a fun show to listen to uh, cyclocross radio bill was just out at sea otter so he is uh 
you know, he is going to have some mountain bike coverage coming, I'm sure. And uh, all this stuff is is supported by folks like you on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Uh, so we really appreciate that. Check it out. Download the app, Wide Angle Podium. You can search it on your app store and you will find it. All these things help. Um, and, you know, most importantly, tell a friend, you know, somebody, somebody you know not listening to the slow ride, eh, give them a nudge. You know, maybe send them the link. Uh, it would really help us out, and uh, yeah, we appreciate it. So, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna let you get back to our mailbag episode. Um, we will have some full Perry Bay coverage uh, in episode 247. I am sure this week was kind of a crazy one for us. I was uh, out of town, and Tim as well was out of town at Sea Otter. So. Uh, things were not going to align well for recording. So we uh, we did this mailbag earlier in the week uh, when we had some time. So um, bear with us, and uh, we'll be back to a regular show next week. All right, guys. Uh, I will sign off and let you get back to the mailbag. Thank you for listening. I'm Joe Dombrowski from Cannondale Drop Pack, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. So let's get to another email. Um, While you're digging one up there, I want to uh, just give a quick shout out to friend of the pod, longtime listener, Sean Burns, who was one of the great people to welcome me into the Minneapolis cycling community when I needed it most. He sent us an email. Uh-huh. From May 17th, 2007, a picture from 2007, going through some old photos and found this one. Enjoy. Spencer, do you want to describe what it is that you're seeing here? Oh, I'm seeing the super smug mug uh, in the first cycling kit that I designed. Uh, and you're at the velodrome. You're ready to race. I am on the rail. Yep. I've got my Mozzie Cotello track frame with my sweet um, Johnny Cycle stem. I have quite the stack height going on. You got a lot, picture. a lot of stack height. I like, don't remember that being like that, but the photo doesn't lie to. I, I am impressed by the amount of stack height that is on there. Now, I also noticed that I'm wearing um, some Kona mountain gloves. bike gloves yeah mountain bike gloves but if you notice they've got carbon knuckle protectors yeah for for hitting the trees or hitting <laughs> the wood boards when i'm gonna come sliding down yeah you were um, clearly ready for a battle here on the on the cat four field in now, the velodrome <laughs> now spencer there i am also wearing and we're gonna put this on our uh twitter feed and instagram feed so everyone can see what we're talking about but spencer designed a kit one year that yeah. had a gray inner short yeah Unfortunate. At, uh, very unfortunately. Now, originally, the kit design that I bought, the inner panel was black. You made an executive decision to turn it to gray. I am happy that you are finally admitting that it was an unfortunate choice because the rest of the kit looks great. The stars, everything's fine. But that red saddle I had <laughs> really left marks on that gray inner, um, inner chamois. Yeah, well... Not too many people have the red saddle um yeah. situation. So, you know, I thought the the uh 
sample size, the the population at large would not have an issue. But um, yeah, unfortunately for you, uh, it was um, unpleasant. Yeah. It was an unpleasant sight, uh, you know, being on your wheel. The laser helmet, mm-hmm. totally not fitting. You know, there's a good like five inches gap between my top of my glasses and the helmet. Yeah. Um, and the long sleeve skin suit. Uh, in the in actually, the dead of summer. In the dead of summer. <laughs> Um, and pasty white legs. Yeah. Um, oh, what a great time. Sean, thank you so much. Again, we'll put that over on the Instagram so you can uh, feel free to critique at the Slow Ride Pod. We'll also have it on our Twitter account at the Slow Ride Pod. And then inside our Facebook um, group where we yep. have a great uh, group of folks um, participating. But Spencer, what's the email you got? So uh, we got a, we got an email here from Dave um, from California. And uh, he said, uh, it's official. The Slow Ride Podcast is now the best cycling podcast on the earwaves. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I I mean, I agree. I like it. I agree. Um, (laughs) Dave says, I came to this realization when I was forced to choose between listening to the Velo News podcast or the Slow Ride podcast. Uh, I did not have time to listen to both. Don't don't force yourself to choose. Find time. Okay. (laughs) Velo News has long been the preeminent source for racing news. Velo News has always been the gold standard in its field. This is this is true. Uh, I never thought that I would forsake Velo News for another source. However, when I was forced to decide, I went with the slow ride. This is akin, and this is this is the <laughs> this is the clutch part of this email. You yeah, ready for this, is, this, Tim? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> This is akin to forsaking the New York Times in order to read the Cape Coral Daily Breeze. <laughs> that, that that is amazing because a it's true, right? Yeah, yeah. we're not journalists. No, so thank you. But uh, I Cape- <laughs> I'm gonna have to look up the Cape Coral Daily Breeze because I think I feel like I should subscribe at this point. Um, Dave Dave continues. I guess I would rather get my racing news and insights from little guy and his friends. Keep up the stellar reporting. Slow ride. Uh, so thank you, Dave. That's <laughs> that's a great email. All right. I am in the Cape Coral Daily dot com. <laughs> okay. Right. What do we got? What's so, the what's the above the, the fold headline? <laughs> the above the fold right now is Yellow Fever Creek Preserve re- receives enhancements. So they've mm-hmm. they, they've got paved parking surfaces now and a berm along a three-acre pond. That's pretty All nice. right. Hey. Breaking news. Um, two chain, or two, uh, sorry. Oh, there's a lot of obituaries in the Cape Coral. <laughs> South. Like, that's above the fold. The, the obituaries <laughs> may be, like, where they're getting it. Um, but let's get to the, let's get to the poll. Should texting while driving be a primary offense that police can pull you over on? Okay. A, Yes. B, yep. no, keep it secondary offense that you can only get a ticket if they stop you for something else. Or okay. no, I don't think it should be an offense at all. Sure. So Obviously A. Obviously A. Let's see what the uh, the listeners of the Cape Coral. Shockingly, 93% of people taking that poll agree with us. Wow. This all is, right. Wow. Cape maybe Coral. we maybe we are the Cape Coral Daily Breeze. All right. Yeah, there's there's some good stuff um, in here. Oh, um, the golf course negotiations have been placed on hold. Um, This is very important. Uh Uh, So, yeah, the city of Cape Coral and owners of the old golf course acreage are in a holding pattern concerning the possible city purchase of the property. Nice. Very in-depth reporting. You can only get at the Cape Coral Daily Breeze 
or the Slow Ride Podcast. Um, I personally, I appreciate the kind words. Make sure you find um, plenty of uh, time to listen to all your uh, favorite podcasts. But uh, it's very nice to hear from you, Dave, um, from California. Yeah. Great. All right. I've got another one uh, here for you, Spencer. Okay. This one uh, has to do with a category conflict from Colby Larch. Great name. Um, Colby writes into us from Canada. Hey, guys. Love the pod. Listen every week. I enjoy getting to banter with some good friends about your banter. Just want to chime in on the category conflict. My wife got me into trail running. And when I started to enter some races, I found the ones I did nailed two things missing in bike racing. Okay. The races I did had two categories, men and women. I hate seeing races with so many categories that the awards take in an hour and people have their arms in the air on the podium for third of five people. So mm. this goes back to the whole conversation we had about like, where do you race, sandbagging, kind of everything. Yeah. And trail running, Colby is telling us, just do a men's and women's field. Like keep it simple. Let it sort it out. Keep it yeah. simple, stupid, right? Kiss. Don't give away. And second, don't give away stupid crap prizes. Give people booze <laughs> and quality food. That is all. Your entry fee should go to not getting you a bunch of crap. It's a fee for doing a quality event. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is a thing that cycling does particularly well. We have refined uh, stupid crap prizes at races uh, to a T. I I think, um, you know, it's going to be tough to pry that from promoters cold dead hands. Yeah. And I, of course, emailed back, right? Like, thanks for emailing this very interesting idea on um, how to make races better. The men's yeah. and women's, like, entry fees, like, just have two categories. And um, so, and what you should get for your race entry, the beer, food. Simple. But the question I had was, is trail running cool, right? Like, like, should we stop podcasting or and cycling to become trail runners? It's always and, uh, an option. Yeah. And then he writes right back. Just an FYI, trail running is a very bad idea. It hurts <laughs> way more than hitting a pedestrian <laughs> in a team time trial, or I would assume. This is right after the Torino Adriatico debacle. Yeah. Um, and remember, we were talking about my smugness as a courier, mm -hmm. I have an experience of hitting a pedestrian. You sure? <laughs> God, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> you sure do. Yeah, I I was going down the wrong way one way, so I went up on the sidewalk, and this was dumb, Tim. I admit my mistakes. I was a horrible human being, and I rounded this corner way too fast and hit a gentleman that was walking out of a building and knocked him over and... It was the most humbling experience that ever happened. I fell. He fell. He had some choice words for me. He was older. Rightfully so. And But we shook hands and we made up for it. And he was a great guy. And I never again rode on the sidewalk in such a manner ever. Like I, I dismounted on every sidewalk I ever was. And it was something that, oh, man, yeah. I think I'm so happy he was OK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, could have been yeah. a lot worse. Um, yeah, so it, it hurts your psyche more than anything because you realize how horrible of a human being you are riding your bike on the sidewalk in a busy uh, <laughs> business yeah, district. Yeah, it seems like a worse idea than trail running, uh, to be yeah. honest. Um, 
as bad as that is, but good to know. So I'm going to just, uh, my bucket list of things to do here that I keep on the wall above my desk. Uh, I'm just going to cross trail running right off of that. Um, you know, just going to strike that from the menu, uh, of things to do. So thanks for that, Colby. Um, you're saving me a lot of uh, hardship. Yeah, that's right. All right. So Spencer, let's uh, get to the next one here. We do have um, a couple more to go through. Um, the first one was on a, uh, a Craigslist find. Hey guys, found the podcast over the winter and I'm loving it. This comes from Chris Boucher in New Hampshire. I'm 35 years old, never actually raced, and I'm just getting back into cycling after a long time away. Nice. I don't have Congratulations. Any I don't have any friends who like international road cycling, so it's fun to hear other people talk race predictions, <laughs> kit reviews, and swap finds. Feel like It feels like hanging out at a bike shop. Thank you. That's what we're trying to go for. Yeah. Against your recommendation, I started listening to old episodes, <laughs> and I oh, have no. one major complaint. Oh, Chris. <laughs> In episode 179, Cycling Movie Draft Corner, the fact that the bicycle scene from The Great Muppet Caper didn't even get a mention is a travesty. It is Oof. classic. Despite this serious oversight, I'll continue to listen. Thanks for the show and keep up the good work. Chris, New Hampshire. So, and then there's a great Craigslist find that he has for a little guy. That's yeah. a Klein. It's a Klein Pro road bike. Yeah. It's pretty I, amazing. 50 I've, centimeter uh, frame. And he says you could get seriously slammed position on that. You, you could. The, uh, the, there is uh, about a super rookie track bike level of spacers here in, uh, on the steer tube. And the, uh, so there's a lot of room to drop this, make it a perfect crit bike. It is shockingly still available in, uh, well, in New Hampshire here, 500 bucks. It's uh, got that sweet pearl white paint job. Yeah. But it, here's the thing in it's the a little, you know, internal cable routing. Yeah. But that, that stem, Spencer, the way that it's got all stacked, and then he's got the stem, like the adjustable stem up at like yeah. 80 degrees. That kind of actually makes it like those specialized venges that had the crazy raised stem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway. The, uh, anyway, this 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 bike is too small for Little Gun, fortunately, but somebody should, uh, you know, pick this client up. Now, the great Muppet caper scene is fantastic. Yes. Oh, I now, know. I, have, I know the scene. This this definitely should have been on honorable honorable mention and mentioned. I have another one that I was on the plane the other day. Okay, and there is a new Mary Poppins movie. Okay, right? I unfamiliar. Yes, there's unfamiliar. a new Mary Poppins movie that came out last summer. It's called Mary Poppins Returns, I believe. Yeah, Mary Poppins Returns. Didn't go super well. It was okay. It wasn't it wasn't the best. It wasn't a box office hit. It made $350 million, but you know, I got to say, uh, the only reason I saw it because I was sitting on the plane and the mm-hmm. person sitting across from me, they were coming to, they were coming back to Orlando. So naturally yeah. they're watching Disney movies on the plane. Sure. Yeah. They are watching this movie. There is a bike scene there when I don't, I'm sure it's all the chimney sweeps riding their bikes through uh, London okay. following Mary Poppins. And it is like a London critical mass. Yeah. It is amazing. Now, how, so, like uh, congestion, they, congestion pricing really worked because there's no cars yeah. on the road. <laughs> I'm just, I was just going to say, did they film that, you know, recently? Like how many, d- how much special effects did they actually have to do for that? Because, uh, you know, if, if I'm to believe uh, London Twitter, that uh, that's like how it is these days. Yeah. Terrible yeah. for car drivers. Just can't, you can't get anywhere. Yeah, you can't get anywhere. 
And then, er yeah, everyone needs to wear more high vis. That's the other disappointing thing. All the chimney sweeps not wearing high vis. All black. In the scene. Yeah. But it was a very, very good scene. So uh, thanks. Thanks to Chris for the uh, the great email. Tim, and I just got to say, that is the best way to watch movies, I think, is over uh, across the aisle and down and uh, a row or two on the airplane. I, I don't know what it is about it, but it is the most satisfying way to to view a film. Now, we got uh, two emails here, um, one from Eric Hendrickson and then the other from Brandon um, mm-hmm. uh, Masterman, both talking about how to watch cycling. So I remember I talked about how I'm finally an adult and have yes. a mortgage so I could afford the flow bikes and yep. the NBC Sports. So now I can watch any bike race anywhere, yep. anytime. Um, they had a couple of other good ideas that, you know, if you're looking for something a little bit uh, cheaper, another way that you can do it. Um, Brandon Mastermind kind of walks that Masterman, sorry, walks us through the non dark web way to right. get a VPN. So basically, you subscribe to a VPN service, which allows you to kind of tunnel to, you know, yes. basically watch and, the yep. internet and then subscribe to Europe. a Euro, Eurosport account after that. So yeah. you can you can get the official non dark web feed via sort of the dark web. <laughs> like, yeah. So basically, you're getting a VPN, yep. which is quasi legal, right? Yep. Yep. So you're, I mean, it's, it's legal. It's a good way to do it. You can, you yeah. can save a few bucks off that flow bikes. Um, it's a little more hassle for sure, but if you are uh, budget minded, it is a good way to go. So yeah, he mentions you get the, pri- the, 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 the VPN service he subscribes to is private internet access charges like $35 an annual subscription. And then it avoids, you know, like kind of, there's some free VPNs that, you know, are also a little shady. And then he puts you into the Eurosport $7 a month. You just said it. That's a good way to do it. And then, you know, the other ways, if you are doing the dark webs, there is the steep hill TV. There is mm-hmm. the um, cycling, cycling fans. fans is a good one. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a uh, uh, cycling dot today. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways out there. So thanks to Eric and Brandon with those ideas for those that are still looking for a little bit more affordable. Mm-hmm. Totally understand, you know, I was a uh, dark webs uh, subscriber for the longest time. Yeah, for for our collegiate uh, racing crowd that uh, does not have money to burn, um, still I think the it's 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 a little hit or miss. But one of the best ways to find uh, virus free feeds is to search the YouTube live or the Twitch streams uh, on the day of the race um, and see who what good Samaritan out there who pays for their flow bikes has then streamed it online for the rest of us. Um, yeah. He's got a nice email saying thanks from Michael Stark. Good morning. I'm late to the Slow Ride podcast party. I'm on episode 18 of 242. Two weeks ago, I stumbled upon your podcast on Spotify and hooked ever since. The banter is fun. The occasional nuggets of advice, wisdom are useful. And the overall tone of the show is perfect. Thank you so much, Michael. I hope by the time you get to this episode, you're still listening. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> I did. I did write back. I said, thanks for the, the great email. What kind of bike do you ride? Right. Cause we, we need some conversation fodder for the next podcast. Wow. Did he come through? Oh, first yeah. off, he hooks us up with the sweet Navara Safari touring bike that he's got. I love this bike for many reasons. One, it's flat bar road bike. Yep. Um, and it's got the full fenders. The full fenders the, are key and the handlebar bag. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a touring bike. You're going to have to have yeah. that for me. 
a, a set of full fenders as these these are full coverage full fenders like front yeah. fender all the way to the ground basically this shows the level of respect that this person has for their oh, yeah. fellow cyclists out on the road um this is a a plus and i will say that the novara brand never got the credit that it kind of for a house brand at rei they made some pretty solid bikes this yeah. bike the way that um mike has it set up i think it's fantastic but here's the gem Michael sends in a picture of his 1970s Sears tote cycle. Just Sears? loosen the two wing nuts and it separates for easy traveling. I think the tote cycle weighs as much as the Novara. <sighs> Spencer, I have never seen this bike before. I have never. I am unfamiliar with the tote cycle. This thing is a gem. It's got a, so it's 20 inch wheels. Yep. Um, the, it's a single speed. So basically what you have is you have a, it's almost like a mixed E frame. Yeah. And that folds in half and there's, there's only a front brake. So I'm assuming there's a coaster brake on here that I don't think it folds. I think it comes apart. If you zoom in, we're going to share this one on the podcast as well. So you take out that wing nut. um, Yeah. I think that they just come apart. Now the, the interesting thing yeah, oh yeah, the front and rear racks like uh built in are great, but I'm just noticing this now. I think perhaps this isn't Michael's first tote cycle. And the reason I say that is because the front half and the bike half look to be two distinctly different colors, which leads to believe <laughs> that there could be some serious customization uh going on, you know, back in the 70s, you could just trade front or rear ends with your friends who had tote cycles and just kind of get a, a whole, you know, custom vibe going on, get a, get a color match a very, situation. Good point. Like he may have multiple serious tote cycles, but yeah. Uh, oh, anyway. what, what a cool bike. What, what a cool, cool bike. bike. Yeah. All right. Final email from Carl Grezerick. Hey guys, I'm a recent convert to your ram- rambling body of work and have shimmied my way so far to episode 231. Wow. This is a long time ago, so he's been there. Are people starting from the beginning? You don't have to do that, guys. Yeah, please don't. (laughs) I love your insightful dissection of the Team Sky sponsor situation that hasn't aged well. Keep doing the good work and keeping my post-ride sonar sessions more bearable. Just don't expect me to let you choose my lotto number. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Respect from a Brit in Qatar. Grelly. So, thanks to the email. Mm Mm-hmm. We haven't really talked enough about the Team Sky situation, but it it is a little awkward that they had the right. the big campaign about like the plastics in the ocean, which I think is a very important thing to talk about. Yeah. And about the trash that we are seeing polluting our waters. Sky picked a really cool message. And I think every team needs to have these kinds of message to raise the the Profile, you know, visibility, yeah. profile, yeah. and the Orca kits, everything. But Spencer, yeah, the new sponsor, not well, the biggest. They're plastics manufacturer. Kind of goes against the a little bit, a little yeah. bit against the grain here. Um, I'll be curious to see how this uh, plays out for them. I'm, you know, they've made this announcement. We've seen the the logos. Like we know that it's coming for the tour. I don't know that Sky is totally out of the weeds yet. 
I am not willing to uh, say that professional cycling won't completely professional cycling this situation up still. Like, wow. it's the potential is there for this whole thing to blow up in their face uh, despite the current outlook. All right. Uh, so I, I am willing to backpedal on that and say, you know, uh, well, you know, my prediction, I can't believe it. Um, they've pulled it off, but we're not quite out of the weeds yet. I'm not there yet, but. That it, like, it's you don't possible. think the, the, it's been signed on the dotted line? Oh, it may have been. I don't think uh, cycling contracts, obviously, uh, in, <laughs> in this industry, they don't mean anything. Um, they're just sort of a promise ring, you know, when you're when you're in grade school. <laughs> um, you know, you're not going to follow up on that. Well, Grelly, thank you so much for the great email. Um, we appreciate it. And we'd yep. like to thank everyone that has reached out to us at the Slow Ride, Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram, Slow Ride Pod, at the Slow Ride Pod, sorry. We'd also like to thank Health IQ and Grimper Brothers for their continued support. Head on mm-hmm. over to healthiq.com slash WAP or go to uh, wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out more about both um, services that you can get. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. And this is Spencer in Boston, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. To the best of your ability. To the best of your ability. Acknowledge all the cyclists. Wave. Salute. Mm. Now, let's just stick with wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. Yeah. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes and rumors straight from the source the slowridepodcast.com and on twitter at the slowridepod